What up, y'all? Welcome to the Gunslinger Gaming Frosty Pints. I'm Gobi. With me tonight is Dr. Omega Zero. And it's definitely been a fuck you Monday. But how y'all been? How's your weekend? There was a weekend? <laughs> What's a weekend? What's that? Um, I've heard I about these it, things. I think it's supposed to be the days that you have off. But I don't recall what that feels like what's off no i, I mean I, other I other than so. me on a daily basis what's off um well it's opposite of on but i don't even remember what we're talking about fuck yep. it it's monday <sighs> speaking of yeah fuck it um who wants to buy an iphone for ten thousand dollars because you have to play fortnite that bad fortnite's a great game <laughs> Prove it. I mean, I isn't it cheaper to buy like you know I don't know an Android phone and sideload it, or if you really really have to do I mean a tablet. Or the a thing is, is, you don't so, even have to sideload it in. So an underestimate the fervor of Apple fandom. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, no, I don't. I'm just. I, to just as a kind of a strange experiment, so I had to buy my daughter a, a laptop, and uh, I wanted something you know cheap. Be, you know, she's a teenager; she's fifteen. But you know, obviously, with this whole COVID stuff, she has to do a lot of online virtual stuff and whatever. And going between the two houses, I can't really get her a desktop. That, you not know, that, that not, attitude. <laughs> I it's agree. not economical to you know. Move it from house to house. So I got I got her a laptop. Sounds like I'm excuse excuse to me. it's extremely like economical. You can get like a micro ATX build. You can get like a nice little uh, little suitcase. Build a suitcase. I, yeah, I could. I, but I bought her this nice um, Ryzen three laptop. Um, so in it just that's it. It's a Ryzen three with the Vega three uh, graphics card, uh, which is integrated by the way, uh, and eight gigs of RAM. And that motherfucker can play Fortnite. It sounds to me, Gobi, like you're projecting your values onto your children. That's, I mean... Uh, dude, yeah, okay. First question is, I, I told my daughter I'm getting her laptop. First question of her mouth. Will it be able to play Fortnite? Wait, hang on a second. While we're talking about this, isn't the laptop going to be for school? Or well, yeah. Is the school providing a laptop? No, no, they don't. She's she's in high school, so oh, this was uh, one of those things. Like she's she's a sophomore. You know how many papers you wrote as a sophomore and junior? Like <laughs> absolutely zero. I failed those classes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was about to say I've wrote a ton. <laughs> so you know, she obviously needed. That's why I got the laptop so she could do like essays. But you know. I want to be practical. It's this isn't a one-show pony. Might as well have you know multitask, multi multi-function. I mean, get the best bang for my buck. I mean, it's not great. It'll last her a couple of years when she's done with it. She can hand it down to her twelve-year-old, or her yeah, her twelve-year-old. Uh, my <laughs> my hey, twelve-year-old, and she can use it. And yeah, because by then she's gonna have a better laptop, or she'll have a desktop too, and all that fun stuff. Okay, in insider news, Omega, you'll appreciate this. I just killed some glass fuckers on the uh, on the Valis, and before one exploded, I turned away and then turned back. He was T-posing. <laughs> I got the stock character model T-pose as he blew up. 
<laughs> it was funny. All right, so uh, why why do you think it's important for your daughter to play Fortnite in school, Gobi? Why don't you care about education in this country? Oh, no, she better not be playing Fortnite in school. But if she wants to play Fortnite at her mom's house after school, I got no problem with that. Uh, why don't you encourage your children to play Warframe? Are you anti-Warframe? Uh, I, nope. That's what I'm I, hearing. Uh, actually, I encourage my kids to play any game they want. My son plays Fallout 76. Um, yeah, they just so you're never teaching him bad habits game. early. Good job, Gobi. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. of course. It's, I mean, it's I am dumb the dad. Gobi night. <laughs> He's got to learn to make bad decisions early in life because, I mean, what else is there? I mean, come on. Let's face it. Bad decisions, you have way more fun. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> I guess. To a new topic. <laughs> it's hard for me to hold the tongue. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's happening with Apple? Oh, uh, you you want to skip over Intel and go right uh, into the law? We, are, we can do that. I uh, I, don't, I don't care. We can do either. Either or. They're both great. Order doesn't matter. Order is irrelevant. Time is a meaningless construct. We're not That's actually alive. One of the biggest stories. One cannot prove sentience. So you got some new updates in the uh, ongoing saga of Epic versus Apple. Uh, Apple, uh, Epic uh, decided to uh, file an injunction against uh, Apple for banning them from uh, their platforms. And uh, Apple is now holding the Unreal Engine hostage, uh, basically saying that, because uh, basically what this means is that uh, by taking Epic off their platforms, other developers won't have ac access to uh, Epic's tools, to Unreal, to a lot of other things. So they fired, uh, filed an injunction uh, and then Apple basically says, uh, no exceptions to you just because you're big and powerful, so we'll go to court. And uh, the most recent update uh, that I actually saw just today, uh, Microsoft came out on Epic's side uh, and says that uh, Apple blocking Epic's developer account is going to harm game creators and gamers. So now we've got Microsoft weighing in on this battle between Apple yeah, and uh, this is this is getting really interesting like we've got uh, a video game developer and and you know platform creator in Epic we've got a massive tech conglomerate whose specialty is is mobile devices and then we've got the largest computer company in the world like it this story is growing in and the fact that so many of these major massive voices are speaking in or like are weighing in really speaks to the the gravity of this case and and what this uh situation that's been engineered by epic uh could end up showing us I well agree. it's and really funny watching uh, multi-billion dollar or multi-million dollar companies sometimes multi-billion dollar companies fight each other over whose pp is bigger 
that's well, basically I mean, that's my attitude towards this whole thing is i understand what apple is or what epic is doing i actually think it's hilarious that microsoft came out in support of epic because it's kind of like yeah we had an antitrust lawsuit too how does it feel apple <laughs> uh, that's, it's it's petty but it's predictable and they also get to look uh, good in the process so you know what why the fuck not this this is a uh, it's like watching uh, a bad reality TV show with uh, uh, billion well, so, dollar corporations so as do characters. Think, do you think Microsoft coming out and saying that you know they believe this is bad for game developers and bad for gamers? Do you think they're just kind of saying this because it's the right thing to say to help them sort of put the screws to Apple? Yes, or absolutely. This is lip like service. They're, they're this is lip service. You think it's just lip service? No, it's just lip service, and they're doing it because uh, money. They're they're going to look good uh, over this. They're hopefully going to drive uh, more Fortnite players or younger gamers to their platforms, and be like, "Hey, l- uh, look at us! We're we're hip, we're cool, kids." Yeah, we over here with the Windows PCs love Fortnite. By the way, would you can we interest you in Windows 10 Pro Edition? It's for gamers. <laughs> That's a fair thought. I hadn't looked at it from that angle. I, I was more thinking of, uh, you know, the legitimate point of uh, what Microsoft was saying. But that's that's an interesting take on it. I, I like the cynicism. I, 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 I am a fan of it. It's corporate yeah. America. If you know what to look for, it's just it's nothing but cynicism in yeah, my experience. That's, that's not incorrect. That just, you know, Doc, Doc's point of it kind of reminds me of the Steve Buscemi Hey, kids, I heard you're pretty gangster. <laughs> God, this Steve, have you seen yeah, the uh, the 30 Rock episode where he's, yep. he's going and he's infiltrating the kids undercover? What's it's up, like, my fellow teenagers? Yes, yes exactly. that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's that funny. is how I see Microsoft in this. That's, that's fair. I, I, yeah, all right. It's okay. Oh. You know what? If if uh, I'm, I'm certainly not like standing here like gonna defend Microsoft and saying, "Come no, on, guys, no, no of course not." So serious here. Of but course I, not. I think no. that's a funny thing. I think we can all we can all recognize and appreciate that uh, none of us, none of us here have a dog in this fight. Uh, We recognize this for exactly what it is. It's corporate warfare. And if Epic loses, so sad. Uh, How many billions of people are going to be put out of work? None. It's it's just uh, it's kind of fun to watch. But the point really, though, is about banning Epic uh, from, like, the developer platform, I mean, that does legitimately hurt. Because, like, like, you gotta realize Epic is more than just Fortnite. They That is Unreal Engine. That is one of the oh, yeah. premier yeah. video game engines in the industry. And if they're banned from the developer's platform, that's gonna hurt people who are trying to push their first app to the App Store. That's so. I mean, the the original Uh, beginning of this was uh, definitely a pissing contest of, hey, we want more money from you. So, uh, or we want to not give you 30% of all of the the money that we make uh, from the App Store. But uh, now that it's elevated to the point where Apple has kicked them off the developer platform, and now it, it, it could legitimately, I mean, that's that's taking one of the main industry tools away from. 
developers. It is, but that doesn't mean... The Unreal Engine is not the only engine that people can use to design their video game. It is a popular one. It is fairly easy to use. If anybody has ever used uh, Unreal or Unity or anything like that, then they're, they're easy to use. But, but that being said, right there, it's not the only tool that you can use. It's it's getting rid of a popular one, yes, and maybe you could argue that it's funneling business and development over to another one. Fine, I could believe that too. But the the crux of this argument is, because Epic has made it, uh, is Apple monopolizing the programs that are being put on their devices. Is Apple Does Apple have too much power? And... You know what? Whatever, whatever this decision is, back or forth, um, it's it's a fun question. I'm not going to say it's going to be earth-shattering or groundbreaking or it's going to influence how society uh, rolls for the next decade or so. But it is it's an interesting question, and I enjoy it for the drama that that it has uh, generated, especially with Microsoft coming out. Because I, as I said, I think that's funny. It's good. To, it's good reality reality TV. I, mean, I will say, I definitely agree that it's not going to impact society at large as a whole. But I, <laughs> I do think uh, it, it, is, it could. Is but no, it could like gaming isn't that important. I, I do think that uh, this is going to have an impact on the gaming industry and the way. Oh, absolutely. That, uh, the way well, that it operates, the way that developers go about uh, producing games, the way they go about deciding how they approach different platforms. Do you um, think that this could impact Apple negatively and the developers, if yeah. Apple comes out ahead on this one, do you think the developers nope. might stop I, producing uh, apps for Apple in favor of Windows and Linux? Apps? No. Games? Yes. Like, wait, let's, let's stop and talk about, this is all about gaming and I'm a Linux gamer, alright? I'm, I'm pro- I might be the only Linux gamer of the four of us, and Linux gaming is fucking tiny. We can all agree on that, right? Oh yeah, no. The the Steam selection of if Linux Mac, games is very small, and I don't know where else to get Linux games besides Mac Steam. OS is fucking a quarter of the size of the Linux. So I mean, you're talking about this very small, like them taking Unreal Engine off. All people are going to do is say, you know what? Well, we're just not going to develop for Apple, and if you want to play our games, you're going to have to buy, you know, a Linux or Windows machine to play our game. Like well, from that, a development standpoint, that makes sense to me because it's too costly for you to run two forks of one yeah. project, one just for for Mac. This is the only you know a game that's really super fucking popular. Um, for uh, for Apple specifically is uh, The Sims. Like EA has really catered to the Apple community in in the past years. So, how's EA going to react to this? Uh, if Apple, if it, the ruling comes out and says, you know, Apple has the right to control whatever apps are put on the App Store, how, the, how does that work? Is it worth it for EA? EA is not selling their games on the App Store. Well, wait, there is a Sims Mobile, isn't there? There is a Sims Mobile. Okay. They're, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how you would get uh, Origin or whatever their their launcher is on your. Apple, if that's just a direct download and install, or if you have to get that through the Apple store. Well, so here's the thing. You're looking, mobile specifically. You're, you're looking at these big names and wondering how it'll impact them. It, it won't. They are going to continue doing business. If Apple wins this case, they're going to continue doing business as things were. And and that's sort of the point that I made at the beginning, was that if if Apple wins, status quo remains. The, the real 
thing would be is if Apple loses. And at the end of the day, the big company, if Apple loses in this, the big companies are going to make a lot more money. Yes. But those little guys who Aptival, are yeah. game developers who are extra, using Unity. That's an extra oh. 40%. No, no. Every sure. app developer on the store, every no, single one of them, if Epic wins, every single app on the store will be able to cut the app store out of transactions. They will be able to do because that's the crux of this whole discussion is Epic wants direct transactions between Epic Games and the players and not have to give Apple a what like 40% cut off the top of every transaction of every skin of every V-Buck purchase made through the App Store. But what that means is that when some guy develops his first app and sells 30 cent boosters, He's making all of that thirty cents for every booster pack he sells, rather than making twenty cents, and, and like that all adds up. So, and, and hell, when you do look at the bigger developers, you know, one thing that we talked about, and uh, this kind of ties into a story I added later on down the uh, the topic list uh, for today's show. Um, you know, we hear a lot about the grind of game uh, of game developers and how hard it is for them. And, and we've been more aware of it in recent years as. People have been more public talking about how fucking miserable it is developing games. Well, you know, if a company is making an extra 40% money, they could hire more people. They might be able to pay people better. Like, who knows? It could, it could change the economic structure of. I don't see Apple doing that. Segment of gaming. What they'll do is they'll do what Google does to bypass it. So if you're, if you're, app is sold in the app store they get 30 percent cut or whatever it is through a 40 percent or whatever it is or it, you can sideload the app with no whatever and you can do in-app purchases separately um otherwise like you said apple stands to lose a whole lot of money and i think if it comes down to it and it gets to that point they'll say no look you can sideload apps because it's going to save them from losing a shit ton of money like you just described um yeah, I mean that could be end up being their solution, but at the same time, sideloading apps would also potentially lose them a lot of money. So I, I think I think Apple's biggest but interest would, would be to fight this tooth and nail. To the I mean that's impossible for us to say. We certainly are in no position to judge the economics behind uh, Apple's accounting. And, How dare you? I'm a doctor. But like, <laughs> you know, you could be right, but that's just us guessing well i mean uh, end from, of the day end of the day either of those two options apple's gonna lose money so well, their interest is to fight this tooth and nail like apple really wants to win this like epic if it wins it'll be good for them but if it if they don't uh things will stay the same and they're a successful company right now and they will not be less successful because of this if Apple loses, like, Apple has nothing to win here and everything to lose. Oh, but it's not just Apple that has everything to lose, too. Like, you guys have been talking so much about Apple, I think everybody's so focused on what happens if Apple loses to Apple. What happens if Apple loses to PlayStation and Xbox? Those are the exact same thing. Like, you can't put your game on the Xbox store without Xbox getting a cut of it. Okay. Thank, thank, you for, thank you for reminding me of something something else here that I failed to bring up last week. This take a more meta look 
at what you just said because you're right the xbox game store is the only way to put games on the or whatever it's not the only way but it's the primary way it's the controlled way xbox is not the only console game that you have access to there are exclusives for it you could argue maybe an exclusive is an example of a monopoly but you'd have a hard time doing that if you don't like xbox you can go play playstation if you don't like playstation you can go play wii there are options out there it's the same thing for apple if you don't like the apple store you can buy a pc so if you take a meta look at this it's not really an antitrust case but well i understand the legal argument where they're trying to say it is see here's i i think and I could be wrong on this, and I haven't seen it explicitly say this, but my understanding of this is that it's not about, and this is where the sideloading issue uh, comes up, I, it's not about the fact that Apple takes a cut of the sale of the app, because it's the app store, and when you sell your product at a store, the store gets a cut. What Epic is specifically going after is the in-app transactions. Right. It is, it's not the, you, you like, this app is listed for $4.99 on the app store, so you pay $4.99, to the app store to buy the app, you get it on your phone, and then the developer gets sixty percent of that. Apple takes the rest. This is you have Fortnite on your phone, a free app, and you want to buy something from Fortnite for five bucks. Epic yeah. wants that whole five bucks. They yeah, and they are it, Fortnite's a free app, so they don't give a shit about the cut of the sale of an app. This is all about in-app purchases, yeah, and them wanting a hundred percent of that revenue. And that's specifically what they instituted in their update. They put that in, and that's what got them kicked off. So I, it's 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 more about that side of the the discussion than the uh, the the platform it, or the, the the store itself or like the the sale of the app itself. Um, so it's that's where it gets complicated. And and the reason you could argue it's a monopoly, it, it is an antitrust thing, is because if you are playing that game, and that is the platform that you're playing it on, you have no option to purchase those things other than through Apple. And so right. the antitrust and, is that Apple has complete and total control over in-app purchases on the store. And, yeah, but it, it, I, I don't know. Can, uh, it's right I or think it's you can buy V-Bucks for iOS on through a web browser. Uh, but here's the thing: if you purchase it through the web browser because you're buying it for iOS, does Apple still get a cut of that? I don't. That's that is a good question. I I would well, think. Web browser, do you mean at like Epic.com, or do you mean yeah, like at... you go into Chrome and like you go to Fortnite and uh, where the fuck is it? So you do it through your Epic account on. Yeah, gotcha. you can okay. buy V Bucks right on. Um, I got. I gotta find the fucking thing, though. Well, that's interesting. That does make me wonder if then, in that case, there's just a contract that says Apple gets a cut on the back end of that because it's getting delivered through the App Store. See, and that—that's where, yeah, because uh, where the fuck? And that's where the sideloading thing would come in, because because all updates have to be delivered through and the App Store. Isn't isn't the reason why Apple doesn't really like sideloading as a company is because of the security risk that it poses? No, money. Money, 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 money,
Yeah, no, that is the that's the lie that they tell to. That's to the market their, reason, their Zero. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, okay. It, in their defense, we'll, we'll be all honest. It, there is a possibility that side loading an app onto your phone could cause damage to your phone. Again, if you're installing an app from an unknown source onto your phone, you take that risk regardless of its computer, a phone, or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a common sense risk. We'll call it that. Uh, but other in than that... In the same way that picking up a $5 prostitute and not wearing a condom could result in an STD, yes, what Gobi is saying is correct. And the common sense would be not to pick up the $5 prostitute, but... No, the common sense is to wear a condom, Gobi. Thank you. <laughs> Prostitutes <laughs> need to make a living, Now, now hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Absolutely hang on. Hang right. on. Gunslinger Gaming does not endorse oh, the up. legal act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a doctor. We're all in Vegas. We swear. We're in Vegas. <laughs> what are you, oh, gay? Good. Don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Speaking oh, of Vegas, odds, uh, <laughs> Intel next generation gaming GPUs. Hit or miss, boys. Player three has entered the game. Intel going to six millimeter uh, or nanometer architecture. I don't. I mean that that means something. I don't know. I I'm, fuck it. it, it was like uh, yeah, probably. It sounds very impressive. Big pee pee. Yeah, it's the big, little pee pee. Pee pee. In this in this case, little pee pee is big pee pee. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a movie, that was a movie starring Dustin I'm... Hoffman. Little big pee pee. <laughs> I'm a little good dances with wolves reference. <laughs> No, a little aren't big there, aren't there, their CPUs like not even down to a seven nanometer die? Uh, uh, well, what? I think we're still making PP jokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you, you can. It's it's all open season on PP jokes when we're talking about nanometers, <laughs> especially with me. Looks like someone glued an acorn to the bottom of my torso. I don't know about processors. I do know that the six mil, uh, nanometer uh, technology is revolutionary here. It's revolutionary. Thanks, Intel. Uh, we're not sponsored by Intel, but if you want to sponsor us, we're totally cool with that. Tweet at me. And we do take we we do take um, food as payment. Just so yeah, I'll work for alcohol. Um, I'll just take an AMD Threadripper. We're trying to get sponsored by Intel. You <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I figured they would, you know, here, you, you can test out the competition and you will give all these guys the other, you know, I-9s or whatever, and yeah, there, comparison. I'll be Somebody the kick him. <laughs> Somebody kick him, please. <laughs> uh, no, I have been a fan of Intel since forever. Uh, I'm not a... F the 6 nanometer... I believe it when I see it. Uh, I don't think NVIDIA even has 7 nanometer, unless the 2080 was 7 nanometer. Somebody want to correct me? I don't know off the top of my head. So we're just going to say yes. <laughs> that sounds approximately correct. Continue, Gobi. Uh, yes, it looks like uh, the TI is the 2080 TI is 7 nanometers. So they finally get it in the middle of this year, and Intel still isn't at 7 nanometer for their CPUs. Uh, but their GPUs are going to be running on a 6 nanometer, so why aren't their CPUs running on a 6 nanometer too? 
Well, hasn't like forever GPUs and CPUs been on different scale die? Isn't that not anything new, like at all? Because it's completely different technology. No, both the Ryzen GPUs and uh, CPUs are on seven nanometer dies. Oh, interesting. I I was uh, always saw the uh, GPUs as typically being smaller die than uh, GP than CPUs. Yeah, GPUs. No, well, uh, no, they they're, 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 they're both. They both got down to basically we've gotten down to seven nanometer, which I believe Intel was at ten millimeter, and they might have been making a seven millimeter for the i nine. I'm sorry, guys, I haven't kept up, but uh. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, basically, right. 7 nanometer is insane. 6 nanometer will give a huge boost in performance, but I don't think the technology is there yet, especially with these cards slated to come out in 2021. But I'm happy for them to prove me wrong. Me uh, too. Well, and these all say they come in the 10 nanometer in the, the middle of the page, products packaging and processing overview. They all say 10 nanometer, super thin. Can you say that again with more emphasis? I love it when you thump your peas. That makes me moist. That's my favorite part of the podcast is when you say frosty pints podcast. And you really hit that pea. It is. I'm and he didn't say it tonight, which made me sad. It makes me sad. <laughs> Fuck! I Kobe, redo that. the intro now. Three, redo two, the res- one, yeah. go. Starting starting the podcast <laughs> over again. Do it. Uh, all right. What up, y'all? Welcome to the Gunslinger Gaming Frosty Pints Podcast. There we go. Is that <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. We can Guys, cut I'll, that in post. Yeah, yeah, we'll right. fix it yeah. in post. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll fix it in uh, post. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this. <laughs> Diablo 2 must be what you're talking about when you're talking about grind, not warping. Yeah, so, uh, interestingly, uh, the former uh, head of Blizzard North, which was the studio that made Diablo 2, uh, was given a talk at, uh, let me reopen this article, uh, yeah, it was at uh, Devcom Digital, and he was just talking about the, the process and how much of a fucking grind it was to churn out Diablo 2 because they just kept adding Subclass, or they kept adding classes, kept adding levels, kept adding content. You know, they had to push back the game because they just kept developing more and more and more and more. And it got to the point where, like, guys were sleeping in sleeping bags on the floor. They were handing out toothbrushes. Like, people were living there to churn out this game. And, you know, 14 hours a day, every single day. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, as we hear more and more lately, like I said earlier, about the grind <coughs> developers go for, yeah, we as gamers are responsible, and we have to be cognizant of the 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 physical cost of our of our hobby. Fuck that! Give me more games faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just interesting to hear him talk about it. Yeah, I will definitely. Um... Thank you, guys, for all those long hours and sleeping in the sleeping bags. We I used to do that shit as a kid. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> yeah, campings are fun. But we appreciate you doing it. For sure. For us. 
Yeah, I don't no, appreciate that, it at yeah. all. No, fuck that. I'm a millennial. I deserve things. <laughs> and I don't have to say thank you at all. And uh, if, uh, how, many, again, how many hours do you have in Diablo 2? Just round up. I played it from the start of high school until like four years after college. So nearest 100. <laughs> nearest to 100? Not like... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I probably have more time in that game than I have in Diablo 3, and I've got 4,000 hours in Diablo 3 at last count, which was four years ago. If Leighton so, were here, he would well, know, but he stopped doing podcasts, and I hate him for it. I'm a secretly, I'm in a, a secret fight with the Leightness. Aww. No, it's okay. We'll, we'll, yeah, I wish he would, but he's not gonna. It's a, we'll make up and we'll spoon, and it'll be fine. He doesn't love us anymore. He definitely doesn't. Aww. Yeah, it, it, it's all that vacation. I mean, he's too well-rested. <clears throat> it's true. I believe it. I was going to go off on a... On a, on a, a I was going to go off on a secret tangent, or not a secret tangent, a uh, subtle tangent about uh, Anno 1404, the history edition that got released, because... Uh, I, I've been just watching the situation develop, and I've noticed a pattern in everybody who complains about it coming out and saying, like, this was just, you know, they should have given this to your former customers for free. And it's like, no. First of all, this is a company, and they want money. Second of all, this is a company that addressed a game that was, like, 15 years old. You're lucky it got any attention at all. 11 years old, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, they updated it for 64-bit. That's just a patch, says the person who doesn't know anything about game programming, or just programming in general. Well, they didn't uh, fucking give out WoW Classic for free, did they? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you, have to, you have to have the, um, you actually have to have an, a subscription to retail to be able to play WoW Classic. Oh, okay, so it's like a free add-on to the regular WoW? Yeah, essentially, okay. but, right. I mean, still not free. I thought you could, so you can't just like straight up buy WoW Classic. No, you cannot. You have to, to be able to access WoW Classic at all, you have to have a monthly subscription to, um, you have to have a monthly subscription to retail. They didn't learn their lesson from Call of Duty, huh? Okay, good job, guys. I mean, I guess it's working for them. <laughs> so why why learn your lesson? For those of you that don't remember, they remastered Call of Duty Modern Warfare and bundled it with, I think it was Advanced Warfare or some shit like that, and nobody bought it because they only wanted to play the remaster, but you couldn't buy the remaster by itself until a year later because they realized people don't want to play the crappy game to get the good game. Well, as good as a Call of Duty remaster can be. Speaking of remasters, Switch. 2021 new anybody excited <laughs> switch 2021 i don't play switch myself but i imagine there are some uh, members in our community who are going to uh, be enthusiastic about the new hey, switch. Crinkle I don't know what yeah yeah come on crinkle come back on the podcast we miss you yes and and when you're done being bored of playing switch um we miss you in gta i know it probably take you four days to reinstall it but just do it. We'll welcome you back with open arms. I will even get back into GTA just to play with you. I was about to say, um, I've logged more time in GTA in the last month than you have in the last three. 
Yeah, but like you're new, and that's how it is for everybody who starts playing GTA is that you get sucked in and then you go hard on it and then you get burned out. We I all mean, went through it. it. It's it's true. And I will honestly say that um that little that that little playing of that is totally Gobi's fault. Um in fact, I think even Doc, Leetness, and Omega all had input on that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Because it was free. And y'all were like, hey, get the game. It was free. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, speaking, of, actually, speaking of free games, uh, Hitman, I believe it's the Hitman Gold Edition, is going to be free on Epic Games starting this Thursday, I believe. It's Thursday to Thursday. Is Hitman Gold the one that was released in 1995? No, it's the the one that was released like four years ago or something. All right, I don't. I I enjoy it, the Hitman it, games. I don't good. know anything about them, and I I don't think I've played one since yeah. high school. Let's see. It was I last played it in 2017, so it's at least that old. <laughs> it was released on March 11th of 2016. Um, it's basically, they went back to the roots, it's more the original Hitman, um, but it looks prettier, and they went with episodic content, um, and obviously the Gold Edition just, or Game of the, sorry, Game of the Year Edition, uh, includes all of the season. Basically, each season was a new contract hit, and you went around the world. It's a pretty good game. I mean, especially if you're going to pick it up for free. Um, it is a heavy stealth game. Um, you can beat people with baseball. I mean, you would love this. You it, can dress up as a clown be. and beat somebody with a clown bat. Nigga. Oh, yeah. Like, why, why the hell do you think? I, yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> I, I enjoy Hitman for what it is. What I really enjoy about Hitman is Til- Timothy Oliphant. Uh, oh, apart from that, yes, I agree. I mean, I can take or leave the games, but dressing up as a clown and murdering people with an explosive rubber ducky is a lot of fun. No doubt, no argument. Uh, yes, the rubber ducky scene was pretty amazing in that. Yeah, I guess uh, the only thing else. Oh, speaking of GTA, Rockstar is taking away people's cash. Oh wait, that's because they exploited shit. No, really? What did I exploit? exploit stuff in GTA? You can't do that. Why would you do that to Rockstar? There are no exploits in GTA. It's all it's, it's all completely uh, above board. What the fuck are you talking about? What, what, do you, what Why are they taking my money away? No, it's not everybody's <laughs> money. Just apparently There's there was a, an exploit. exploit from the uh, the the most recent update that they did, and uh, they've been. Punishing those who uh, took advantage of it. Well, shame on those people. What yeah, the hell you... So apparently, you could make millions of dollars in minutes with your apartments and garages. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm just curious. Like, I really like <laughs> how. I mean, not that I'm going to do it, but like. How did somebody find this glitch? Like, there, are, there are people that play like people who play Warframe way too hard. There are people who play GTA way too hard. It doesn't surprise me they found an exploit. It's just impressive. 
I mean, honestly, it could have been the, with the amount of people who play it. It could have just been the kind of thing that somebody somehow randomly found and was like, what the fuck just happened? And then they realized, you know, holy shit, I just made money doing this stupid thing and I can do it over and over again. And, you know, it, it probably started like that, honestly. I feel like that's how a lot of exploits start as someone just discovers it and then it spreads like wildfire. Yeah. Makes sense. I accidentally the apartment. I mean, that's that's how uh, exploits start. Is either somebody is looking for one and finds it, or someone stumbles across one and reproduces it, and then they tell their friend who uh, tells their next friend who posts it on Reddit, and next thing you know, YouTubers are making videos about it, and everybody's doing it. So, um, yeah. uh, one of the things that was on the list was this D&D thing. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. I just noticed that. Yeah, Wizards of the Coast has announced uh, a new D&D source book. Uh, they just released uh, a couple months ago now, uh, The Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, which is a new campaign setting, which for those of you who aren't familiar with D&D or tabletop gaming, uh, there are different types of rule books for the games. Uh, you have campaign settings, which are like, think of like uh, Lord of the Rings, like the campaign setting would be the Silmarillion, the world in which the story takes place. While the rules books are uh, the actual nuts and bolts of the game and how it plays and how the characters work and how the different abilities work and all that. So this is a new update to the rules and they're adding all kinds of of new content, uh, new character subclasses, uh, new systems for uh, for followers and you know group deities, new puzzles, spells, artifacts, new magic items, you know magical tattoos, all kinds of cool shit. It's just fun to see, uh, you know, we're you know going on seven, eight years in fifth edition D anD D, and they're still releasing new content and. Uh, keep it abreast of uh, the wishes of the community, and it's 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 pretty cool to see the game growing. And uh, as a DM of a session with the Doc Zero, uh, Leetness, and Masami, it's uh, I'm looking forward to having some new toys to play with. You know, and I was looking at this, and I was thinking, is this a a, a replacement for? Xanthars, or is it in addition to? In addition to. Okay. So, so the names uh, are, are an interesting thing. So there's uh, some of the named books in, uh, or, or books associated with names. You've got Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. You've got Xanathar's Guide to Everything. And now you've got Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Now, uh, what's interesting, those three names are, according to the lore of the main D&D campaign setting, The Forgotten Realms, these are super powerful wizards, uh, historical figures who are super powerful wizards who are part of like a circle of you know, super powerful wizards or whatever. Um, and they discovered a lot of spells that are still in use today. Like in the game, there's a spell called Tasha's Hideous Laughter. There's a spell called Leoman's Tiny Hut. There are a number of spells uh, that include a name along with them. And that was these super powerful wizards in the history of the game. Well, those wizards were the player characters of the people who invented the game. 
like Tasha was the name of a wizard who was a character in Gary Gygax's original game, which and Gary Gygax is the guy who invented D and D. So it's really cool history how all these are tied together and lore wise. Like these are people who like Xanathar is actually a, a, a beholder monster that just researches and learns about as much as he can and uses his eternal life to just learn all the facts of the world. Nice. It's, it's, it's just really interesting. I, I really like the way that uh, they weave the lore into their books. If you actually read the, read the forward <laughs> to uh, the books, it's actually like written as if it was, you know, this was a, a text written by this character. Wait, you have... Hold on, uh, there might be a reference in here. I can't remember the specific name of the TV show, but you have you you reference the name of these people. There's M and then X and then T. Wasn't MXT the dubbed over Japanese game show that we used to watch on the? That was USA? that was MX, MXC. MXC. Maximum, okay. Yep. Maximum Extreme Challenge. Yes. And okay. That was one of the greatest shows. Ever. That is a phenomenal show. If you can catch any MXC on uh, on YouTube uh, and just and just watch that, it is fucking hilarious. Oh my god! Basically, what happened was there was a Japanese TV show that had all these insane challenges, and then the Japanese TV show, for whatever reason, folded and got sold to the USA Network. And the USA Network, instead of just playing the episodes and adding subtitles, just completely yeah. redubbed over what everyone was saying and made up their own shit. And the dubbing, it, it is crude and hilarious and. Just no holds. It's kind of stuff you probably couldn't get away with today. Uh, the characters are great. They say just so, it, it, it's it's kind of like a, a precursor to Ninja Warrior. Like it was all physical challenge. Yeah. Actually, you know, that's still yeah. on TV. Today. Yeah, yeah. It was basically Wipeout is basically based on MXC. And the funny thing about MXC is you watch like they're doing these physical challenges, they're getting brutally hurt. Meanwhile, the commentary is saying the most outrageous horrible hilarious things about these people like making up backstories and just saying the most horrible things about them uh in in reality those japanese people were like putting themselves through all this for like dishwashers uh, and yeah, for a toaster and like shit like that it was it's such a great show so yeah you got uh indiana jones with a giant boulder rolling down and you had to avoid all these boulders one after another and it eventually smacked you in the face and toppled you back about 200 feet but you want a toaster oven That's one amazing toaster oven but yeah there's actually no, a couple there's... shows well did <laughs> you know that piece. power rangers did you no, know that power rangers is actually it has a similar origin to MXC. Well, the fight, the fight Rangers, scenes, all the fight scenes where they're wearing costumes. Costume, that is from a Japanese TV show, and then they yeah. just cast a bunch of white people to do some high school teen drama bullshit around it. Triceratops, saber to <laughs> tiger, tyrannosaurus. They made a live action anime. I mean, the Power it, kind of, yeah. Back well, in, in the it, early it, '90s, for kids, yeah, kind it was, of. yeah, it, it was a live-action anime in Japan, and then we just took the uh, anime parts and made it uh, American for the rest of it. So the important thing here is that D and D inspired Japanese game shows that were then overdubbed into English. So we have a lot to thank D and D for. Absolutely. So yeah, when when is this content due out for D and D? Seventeenth, twenty twenty. Yep, November seventeenth. You can pre-order now. There's a really cool alternate uh, cover that will uh, be available exclusively in your uh, friendly local gaming stores. 
Jews. Uh, <laughs> you can go and buy it from the friendly nectar. Oh. Uh, so if you can find a GameStop. No, no, like no, uh, no, I'm a real about, gaming uh, store. Gaming stores, an not, actual not gaming store. Video game stores. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, Wizards of the Coast really does try to support your friendly local gaming store uh, by only releasing their, their these covers to to them. Like you won't be able to get them on Amazon. I mean, you'll be able to get resale versions of them or like resold versions, uh, but not retail. Uh, yeah, if, so, you, if you if you walk into a gaming store and there are neckbeards painting their Warhammer models, you you're probably in the right spot. <laughs> There's no probably to it. You have found the right spot. <laughs> the uh, you mentioned something that we'll we'll nerd out for a little while here. If anybody likes tabletop gaming or RPGs or anything, you mentioned magical tattoos. Yeah, what's so really interesting about that tattoo. actually? So, uh, the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, which was the campaign setting released earlier this year was created by and written in partnership with Matt Mercer, who's the DM of Critical Role, which some of you may know is a super popular d Every, Yeah, everybody who knows tabletop gaming should know Matt yeah. Mercer. So he, For better or that, worse. That campaign book is campaign two of Critical Role, and he invented that on his own, and the game, like, after through playing the game, Wizards of the Coast went to him and was like, hey, we want you to turn this into our next official campaign setting. So that's just super fucking cool. But in this world, he invented magical tattoos. So I am going to be really curious. And actually, I need to go look in my Explorer's Guide to Wildmount to see if his magical tattoos are in there or uh, if they're not. And if they are, I wonder if this is going to be simply putting the, these tattoos into a rule book rather than a campaign setting, or if they will be a different mechanic altogether. So that's going to be interesting. Well, that sounds kind of like um, it, just based off of the reading, the rune, rune carving, essentially. Uh, I don't remember. You're talking about the rune knight? Uh, yeah. On a class? Yeah. Um, it's going to depend. <laughs> Excuse me. It's going to depend. Uh, I don't remember exactly what those runes did. You were looking into that class, but uh, Mercer's uh, magical tattoos—they're basically ability score increases. So, like, nice. You de- it, the way that you described it is that you have to mix uh, powdered gem dust into the tattoo ink uh, as part of the magical ritual of the magical tattoo. And when uh, and the type of gem dust that you use determines whether your strength increases your charisma, wisdom, intelligence, etc. Oh god, it's the Diablo gem system. Uh, let's rubies for strength, <laughs> amethysts for vitality, uh, topaz for intelligence, diamonds for what did diamonds give? Uh, that was uh, like an overall increase, I think. No, it was, uh, it was all. We, oh, was it all resist? Depends on what you socketed in as well. And then uh, emeralds for dexterity. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Anyway, Sigurd's gonna go full. Uh, um, I can't believe I forgot Ragnar Lothbrok's name for a minute. Sigurd's gonna go full Ragnar Lothbrok. Just get a big tattoo on his head. <laughs> oh, interesting. So uh, I just checked my uh, explorer's guide to Wildmount, and uh, it does not have tattoos in it. But earlier this year, in March, 
magic tattoos were added to Unearthed Arcana, which is playtest content for D&D, which, uh, so they release, it's basically, there's a, 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 an ongoing beta for D&D, and that, it's called Unearthed Arcana. And this is playtest material for new spells, new classes, new stuff like that. And uh, some of them that are popular that you know, get playtested and work well end up getting added to the, uh, the next main core game update. So uh, that's, uh, it seems like Wizards was like, yo, we like this concept of magic tattoos that you implemented, but we want to do it a little differently. So we're going to keep it out of your campaign book. Uh, but we'll add it to our next rule book. So that's interesting. Hmm. Neat. There's a lot of new stuff. But have they? But have they come up with a decent fart mechanic? Oh shit! So magic. T- so I'm looking at the unearthed arcana right now. Oh, we, this just turned into a D and D podcast. All right. So I'm looking <laughs> at the magic. Good night, everybody. Stuff. So it says uh, magic tattoos are bound to magic needles, which transfer their magic to the creature. Uh, the designs can vary greatly in appearance. Uh, blah 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 blah. Um, so, oh, very. So there's uh, tattoo rarities, just the same as uh, there are magic item rarities. So, uh, and it, the rarity of the tattoo determines how much of your body the tattoo covers. A common tattoo is up to six inches. Uncommon is half a limb or your scalp. Rare is a full limb. Very rare is two limbs or the upper chest or back, or a legendary tattoo is uh, up two limbs and torso. Uh, and there's also a body modification variant uh, that could, it needn't just be tattoos. You could do magical brands, scarifications, birthmarks, patterns of scales, or any other cosmetic skin adornment. So, Sigurd, if you want uh, to be branded or scarified, uh, we could totally do that as well as tattoos. I think, you'd be more uh, a, I think you'd be more yeah. of a tattoo guy. But when you said body modification, all I heard was, who wants a body massage? For oh, anybody that, so anybody there's, a, G. I. Joe. <laughs> there's a whole list of tattoos that they have included here. Uh, and they, they're they basically full magic items. Like there's a uh, an absorbing tattoo. Uh, while it's on your skin, you have resistance to a type of damage associated to the color of ta- of the tattoo. So, depending on the color of the tattoo, you could just get damage resistance to an entire damage type. Hmm. Uh, Oh, it counts as an attuned... uh, A protection deck. uh, It counts as an attuned magic item, so a magic tattoo will take an attunement slot. That's dumb. Oh, (laughs) if you have... But it's still dumb. If I agree. You have You're wearing it on your skin. Magic tattoos, they count as a single magic item with regard to the number of magical items you can attune to. So, like, you can go full body mod. Who wants a body massage? Uh, let's see. Eldritch <laughs> Claw Tattoo uh, depicts claw like forms and other jagged shapes. While the tattoo is on your skin, your unarmed strikes are considered magical, uh, and you gain a plus Ooh. one bonus to attacks and damage with unarmed strikes. That's pretty sick. That's a monk tattoo. Um, and it comes with a, a couple bonuses. Uh, Eldritch Maul. As a bonus action, you can empower the tattoo for one minute, and for the duration, each of your melee weapon attacks can reach a target up to 30 feet away from you as tendrils of ink launch from your weapon or unarmed strike towards the target. 
In addition, your melee weapon attacks deal an extra 1d6 force damage on a hit. And once used, it can't be used again until the next dawn. So, once a day for a minute, your melee attacks all of a sudden have a 30-foot range and deal an extra d6 of damage. Hopefully it's not at a bad time. Uh, The Blood (laughs) Fury tattoo uh, gives you a crit on a 19 or a 20 instead of just a 20. And uh, crits... Crits Stuff do an like extra forty-six damage, so, and stuff like you get a number of hit points is... equal to the necrotic damage dealt. I'm and, looking uh, for things that you can slide into a druid class, and he, Sigurd is you know slightly. He's you got that druid sort of side gig going on, but he's mainly a uh, a fighter. So yeah, something like that. I briefly considered giving Sigurd one level of barb just so he could rage. That is a Blood Fury tattoo. Uh, the Blood Fury is legendary, uh, so it would be um, quite expensive. We'd never, we'd never find it. I mean, it's not about finding the tattoo, it's about finding the tattoo artist. Right, but we'd never be able to pay for a legendary. Was that like 500,000 gold or something like that for a legendary item? Well, it's, it's fucking D&D. It's, you pay a bunch of money or something, or you do a favor for a guy. I'm it's not okay. killing or, or any what, more dragons. In the Witcher. What, what's that thing in The Witcher? Uh, Toss a coin? How he ended, no, how he got the kid. What are they? How he that the sounds time. like... Uh, no, uh, I think they call it child's prize. Uh, but, no, what did they... Oh, yeah, well, the, um, the, he invokes the, uh, the whatever a surprise. The, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, now I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Fuck. No, just go look it up. It's it's um. What? Jennifer. I, I I even know what uh what episode it's in. I know, but if I rewatch it, then I get to see Jennifer. You you can see her right now. Yeah. Just Google images. <laughs> or just go into The Witcher Three. It's called the Law of Surprise, unsurprisingly. Yes. <laughs> That's... <laughs> of course, we couldn't think about that, because it was, you know, so, fucking so obvious. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the, the point is, yeah, they're, yeah, whatever. Um, magical tattoos, Thank D&D. You. Yeah. Thanks for indulging my... Uh... No worries. Yeah, that was... Uh... Well, of the four of us, three of us are D&D nerds, so you can suck it, Gobi. Uh, well, the entire time I was just oh so what you're saying is that like augmentations in cyberpunk cool no problem totally get it ba- basically it every mechanic yeah every mechanic in every video game is based off something in D and D they're all yeah, I got it especially, oh, especially, especially Warcraft Warcraft is D and D well I mean Diablo Diablo is D no, yeah, we've already talked about this. The RNG right. systems that Blizzard uses are almost exclusively just D&D models. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, a game that you guys don't play, but I do, uh, The Division 2, is adding something in Title Update 11 that uh, you guys probably know something about. I don't, it's, to me, it sounds fancy. Trans for more Trans lives and, matter. And now, yes, tra- you, trans, uh, transmogrification. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. I, I wanted to hear Gobi pronounce it. Zero. Hey, hold up. Say it again. Say it again. Nope. 
By the way, Zero, <laughs> I, good uh, good fart reference a minute ago. Good fart system. Uh, we had some fun with that in our D and D game. But yeah, I, yeah. Felt, I felt the way that the fart system worked in the D and D game was was adequate. So Zigbar, really uh, yeah, yeah, I I think I figured it out pretty good uh, for like a uh, uh, on the spot. Yeah, it was exactly it, it was so, exactly what yeah, we wanted to do. It, it was early morning, and Sigurd, who is uh, Doctor Diggle's character, is known for having notoriously strong morning farts. And uh, on this morning, uh, Zigbar, who is Zero's character, was feeling a little rough from the night before, had some uh, rocket fuel orc liquor that kind of fucked him up good. And uh, also, Sigurd's doing care of the dog. Yeah, yeah, it, it was given to him by, uh, by Sigurd, unprompted, uh, not warning him that it was fucking jet fuel, and he took a big old swig and it, it went poorly. Uh, and Dr. Nico so- got zero drunk. Uh, it's not the first time, won't be the last. <laughs> no. and, uh, so Sigurd decided it might be fun. Uh, in a very tense moment, approaching uh, an unknown, a location with an unknown status in orc-infested territories on a mission to potentially save the world, uh, he felt to lighten the moment, lighten the mood of the morning by uh, giving Zigbar a Dutch oven in his own cloak. And in a, a hilarious, dramatic moment, uh, Sigurd ran at him, grabbed him, pulled his own cloak over his head, farted inside it, held it tight. Zigbar proceeded <laughs> to puke the porridge breakfast that he had been eating all over the inside of his cloak. Uh, as he tried to recover, the children who just a day before witnessed a brutal orc horde Maraud through their village, killing and murdering everyone. Had a hearty laugh at seeing this Dutch oven occur. Uh, (laughs) At which point, Zigbar made the wide decision to simply discard his soiled, uh, tattered cloak. And now now Sigurd is uh, kindly making him a new cloak out of a fine, deep navy cotton. Yep. D and D is awesome, guys. You should. Yes, all play it D&D. is. <laughs> you should all fucking play D and D. It's such a fun game. I'm not gonna lie. I so as soon as that that conversation started, I I immediately jumped to Doctor Niggle farted in Zero's face. Yep. I just knew it was coming. Kind of like, essentially, essentially, like I just knew that sentence was coming. Like I mean, in some it was form. great. It was great. When you roll, I mean, this, is, a, this is the other thing, too. The, just because of the way everything rolled, it, it was rolls, and it happened to work out this way. Uh, my yep. athletics it, it check was, was, it was a 25, and uh, the opposed acrobatics check was, what, like a 15 or something like that? So that, that's 13. definitely a 13, so it was definitely a grapple. I said I wanted to, or Sigurd I said Sigurd wanted to go all out on that fart. My con save apparently was enough for me not to shit myself, but enough for me to make a mighty it was, roar. It was a DC 15. If, if you failed the DC 15, you would have shit yourself. So uh, I got a and- 17. So you got a 17, and, and yeah, so the, the way I was kind of ruling that was 15 or below you shit yourself, but as close to 15 as possible is as the rankest fart before the shit. So a 16 would have been like the deadliest without shit. <laughs> I could have gotten you unconscious, Zero. <laughs> so, but like you, uh, you were one notch below the worst of a fart uh, without including the sharding. And uh, what was your con and, save zero? Zero miserably failed his attempt to not vomit. Oh, yeah, 
And that's just the way the game played out. It was great. It, also, it actually was great. Yeah. Zero murdered two people. Oh, God. <laughs> we keep on bringing that murdered. up. Zero has been so apologetic two. about that. But he did. He, yeah, he straight up murdered. Two, uh, two people, which <laughs> two people were, no were not violent, they were not threatening, they were not attacking. I okay, okay. Over and you just said "fuck you guys" and just went to town on you, didn't he? No, 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 no. In my defense, the first one was the first one was shot by Leetness, and then I just finished the job before they yelled stop. After they yelled stop, I did murder one. <laughs> I will take blame. I will take blame for the first for the second one. The first one, I'm actually going to share blame with Leetness on that one because we didn't know that they were friendly. Yeah, the first, you, you 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 shot you shot first, ask questions later, but they did uh, engage in combat once uh, combat was uh, thrust upon them. Uh, these are all orcs, by the way. We didn't mention this, uh, but these weren't bad orcs. Orcs are not a monolith. Yeah, this uh, this actually sparked a uh, series. It, it sparked a series of um, animated thing or uh, whatever things that I made on the fly. Not all orcs. Hashtag not all orcs. <laughs> it was great. Uh, all right. Well, I suppose we should probably wrap it up for the night. Uh, well, you didn't talk about your your trans Gobi. Say it. Tra what's the new feature? Transform Yep. Transformation. You're gonna transformation your gear. I gotta look at it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love it. There is, oh, which uh, which cartoon was it that had the transmogrification? Or no, Dexter. Uh, uh, sorry, Calvin and Hobbes. Did you never read Calvin and Hobbes when you were a kid? Oh yeah, the transmogrifier. He's got his transmogrifier box. Oh yeah, that was. I a remember thing. that now. That's, that's yes. how I know what that word is because <laughs> I, I read Calvin and Hobbes. So the, uh, it's a for, for anyone anyone that uh, thinks or or anyone that uh, plays Division Two, yeah, you get your transmogrification of gear, which basically means that you can make it look like whatever you want to. Uh, it's a glorious mechanic that should have been put in the first Division game, and is it's in many games. For Christ's sakes, I mean, it's like it's in Warframe, it's in Diablo, it's in uh, uh, Warcraft, it's in a lot of things. Just yet further evidence to solidify my opinion that Division is nothing more than Diablo with guns. Yeah, no, it is. It definitely is. They they, they start off being like, oh, no, we're totally not Diablo. And then seven patches later, it's like, yeah, we're Diablo. As you're sitting there re-rolling a stat on your gun for the 400th time, yep, it's Diablo. <laughs> it's got blood shards yeah, and dailies and everything. Yeah, I took a break on the season. I don't think I'm going to make it to level 100 this season. I have played other things. Fucking casual. Remnant as, yeah, casual. <laughs> like 400 hours into the game, so casual. <laughs> uh, much no, Remnant much casual, played. not leet. Uh, yes, exactly. I, I'm good, man. I'd rather play lots of games than just one and get, you know, completely burnt out. I like to go hard in the paint on one game until I get burnt out and move on to the next one and go hard in the paint. And then like it, it gets a nice cycle going. And then I revisit old games, go hard in the paint, put them down for three years. It's nice. I did pick up Killing Floor again. Played a little bit earlier today. Oh, we've been playing the shit out of that lately. Hell yeah. Got, into it, got zero into it. And 
finally got Doc to play it. He don't, doesn't generally like first-person shooters, but he's come to enjoy the senseless violence for what it is, and it's just delightful. Oh, it's the head pop. It's got a, it's the head pop, right? About, well, there's fire. There's fire and there's <laughs> AoE. I'm, so I'm working out which uh, which weapons do the greatest fire AoE damage, and that's pretty much what I what I go after. I'm very narrow, narrow-minded like that. I just fire, blow things up. All right, next time I'll have to take you on the heavily modded Hell on Earth server because they have custom guns, and one of them is a, a, a grenade launcher that shoots fire grenades that basically just cover the floor and fire. Just fine. I'm all about that. Yeah, you'll enjoy that. It's nice. You get to stand back, just lob explosive fire grenades. And the alt fires healing grenades, which are also super effective because they poison all the Zeds and fuck them up just as well as the fire. Plus, they can heal your allies. So it's a good uh, dual-use weapon. It's a twofer. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> next time uh, we get you in there, we'll, we'll head over to that server. And uh, it's always up, and there's always a ton of people on it. What'd you guys think of the airship map? Oh, I love it. I have not been able to play it yet. Uh, we thought we played it early on with uh, you and Leetness when you guys were still on... I'm pretty sure we did it when you guys were still on the Epic version, before you uh, got the Steam version. Potentially, yes. I'm uh, not 100% sure. But, like, like so many maps. Yeah, we only played together a couple times, and I just burned through a few of the early maps because we couldn't do custom games when you guys were on Epic. Yeah. Which is why I'm so glad oh, that you all got the Steam version. Which is weird. Yeah, how about we talk about that? Why the fuck is there a game uh, that you can't... It, it has... Nominally, it has cross-play between Epic and Steam, but... You can only do the official servers. You can't do any custom servers with Epic. You can't do any... any it's really any non-official... Uh, uh, what about private games? Can you do private matches? Or no? no well, that's... The, well, the single-player game? No, like uh, a private... Like, you go into the game, you start a... You start a party with all four of you guys in it, and then you just play a custom match. I actually no, looked into that, that. It is possible. But what it requires is the Epic players going to the Steam Workshop, to, or it requires me on Steam getting going to the Workshop, downloading the map, downloading any mods, downloading any modded weapons, enemies, or whatever that I want, extracting those files, giving them to the Epic players so they can put them in the right okay. folders. So yeah, that they can, so yeah, like you have to manually mods. put it in to do it. And, but yeah. then... That would be us playing a private game. I couldn't take them onto the public server that's got forty people playing on it. Right? Yeah. No. It's, yeah, it's yeah. The whole. It's so back. Yeah, back when Arma three started. Obviously, it wasn't on two separate launchers or whatever. But like a lot of mods weren't on the Steam Workshop, so it was convoluted. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's a fucking joke because Epic Game Store doesn't have access to the Steam Workshop, so. Any mod, any servers that use Steam Workshop mods, the Epic Games client can't see, which gotcha. makes sense. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it, it makes sense, but it sucks at the same time because the Epic Store has their own mod section, but they, yeah, it's, I don't so, know. There's still a lot to work out between the two launchers, uh, but some games work better than others, I guess. Maybe it wouldn't be possible to take you onto a custom to, to those custom servers then, if you if we did that. But I mean, the the big custom server that I'm talking about, they've got like half a dozen new weapons. Oh, I have the Steam. So. Well, yeah, but I'm just talking about like how much yeah. of a pain in the ass it would it would be if we actually tried that. 
because um, there's like half a dozen weapons for each different class, and then there's uh, another, you know, eight custom enemies. And to track all of those down and make sure you get all of them properly installed. Nightmare, man. It's yeah, nightmare. That just sounds like such a fucking pain in I wish ass. I wish I could get so sick in here, because um, we could tell you stories uh, about... We did this with Arma 3 and mods um, and servers. Like, there was three different places you could get mods. There was Armaholics, there was Play with Six, and there was a Steam Workshop. And so if you wanted to play, you know, you downloaded mods across all three. If anybody wanted to play with you, they had to have the exact same copy. And it was a pain in the ass to get that to every single person that was going to play on the server. And yeah, it's just, it's a nightmare. They need one, like, it almost needs to be a third party to take over mod support for games if they're going to be cross-play between Steam and Epic so that we don't run into this problem. Honestly, that's a great point. Like, it, it, it'd be nice to see game developers like hosting mod libraries on their own servers. DOG, hey, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. Uh now I will. So, um, obviously, the game that I've been playing a lot lately is uh, Remnant from Ashes, which is another game that was just free on Epic, which. I originally bought the game, I, it was like the day it came out or shortly after it came out on Steam. Um, and, you know, obviously you guys had bad experiences with Epic and we were worried about it. Um, when they updated the Steam version of Remnant, they updated it where it required you to log in with your Epic ID and it uses the Epic whatever for multiplayer and it no longer uses Steam. Um so that's how Remnant did it, so there's no fuckery, I guess you could say. Uh, so that was one way of around it, but that's Steam's not going to give that up for all those games. I mean, but Remnant's different. There's no workshop support. There's no mod support where Killing Floor is based on mods. Well, is there... What does Steam get by ho by hosting the workshop? Like, there's no money in it for them, is there? Because, like, mods aren't paid mods. They're, you just go on the workshop. Uh, so, this was the huge deal back in the day with Arma 3. A lot of developers wouldn't put their mods on Steam because of the terms of service. Um, basically, if you put the mod on Steam, Steam had rights to it. Like, they owned it or something. I don't. I never got into it because I never put a mod on Steam. But a lot of the big mod developers didn't want to put their mods on Steam at the time because of the way the steam workshop worked gotcha. um obviously they're now on steam so something must have changed on the back end or yeah i mean so i'm not sure exactly how the workshop works i know as an end user the workshop is fucking amazing um as a mod developer i don't know <laughs> I mean, fuck, I guess at the end of the day, it loops back up to our first conversation. You know, end of the day, you got your platform that you could release and develop for, and sometimes you got to mirror development for different platforms. So you got modders out there who are going to have to start putting stuff on Epic and uh, Steam Workshop. Well, the good news is it all uses the same, like, the same thing. So it's more of porting the mods over to Epic. So it'd be mod developers basically uploading the mod in two separate places. Okay. Um, I mean, that's basically what it 
it's going to come down to like the game is the exact same. Like if you open up the files on Steam and Epic and you put them side by side, they're all the files are the exact same. The only difference might be the executable. One might be signed to Valve and one might be signed to Epic. Whereas Remnant from the Ashes, that's an exception. The Valve or the Steam version is also the EXE is also signed to the Epic Game Store. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean crossplay it's obviously still in its infancies and we're gonna have these kinks, but we gotta have these kinks in order to work them out and no move on. Oh, I kinda saw that one coming. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we all we have very low hanging gotta love them. <laughs> gotta love those kinks, man. Good band. Alright, yeah. They're dirty kinks. Oh my god, yeah, the Kinks were a good band. Alright, it was safe for, po- for the uh, for the post show. Yep, yep. We're, we're yeah, yeah. down. <laughs> Alright, we uh yeah, thanks for joining. And Later, uh, Peace. <laughs> penis penis. <laughs>